Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Welcome to episode 4 of The Bro Code. On today's show, we'll be talking about the latest news in baseball and basketball and giving out recommendations for the best TV shows to binge watch this summer. We end the podcast with more baseball stories talking about our favorite fields to play on and our pregame superstitions. Thanks for tuning in wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe, like, review. It's free and let's get it. Yo, welcome to the Bro Code. Just two guys talking about bro things. How we doing? Good, man. Another week on. Yeah. How, how's your week been? Uh, it's been all right. I've been a little sick lately, but getting better. Um, how's dad being in Florida? I think he just got there a couple days ago. Yeah, he got there. He flew in t- Tuesday night. Uh-huh. 11, uh, I think 11.39 p.m. Yeah. Um, luckily, he's running a car, so I don't have to go. Um, pick him up to the airport yeah, late yeah. at night because I've been working in the morning. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it's good uh, good having him in town. Um, I know for the listeners that have been been listening, um, you know we grew up in Hong Kong and now we're in the states for for college and work. So we don't really get to see our our parents much anymore. And it's funny when, um, like in college, you know, over the weekend or like breaks, like Thanksgiving and stuff. People are like, oh, are you going to just drive home? Or are you going to fly or whatever? And it's like, dude, Hong Kong's like a two-day yeah. <laughs> two flight for both ways. So yeah, yeah. you can't really go. Um, but, yeah, it's really nice having him in town, um, especially because he was in town for the wedding. But um, you know how that is. It's just chaos that entire week. Yeah, so yeah. we didn't get to hang out with him or mom much. So now that he's in town and we're not doing much besides work, it's nice to – to settle down, hang out with him, and he's been able to spend some time with Cameron and Morgan too. So yeah, for sure. I think it's yeah. cool. Um, when Dad got to the states, uh, we'll talk about the Pirates' hot run later. But when he got to the states, when he went to the Cubs game, the Pirates uh, put ten runs in the first inning. So Dad, yeah, might have been the spark right. for the Pirates. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so um, before we get to the headlines, uh, we have some trivia for you. I don't know what kind of reward we'll give you guys if you get the answer, but maybe we'll give you a shout on the next episode or something. Yeah, real quick um, trivia. We're thinking of maybe you know doing a trivia at the beginning of the show. Have you guys you know ponder it over and see if you guys can come up with the answer. But um, this does go a couple weeks back, but just with all the buzz around baseball and Aaron Judge and the home run derby. From a few weeks, we figured we'd give you a, a trivia, um, you know, regarding that topic. Um, so once Judge won, he became the fourth New York Yankee to win the Home Run Derby, and the Yankees became the first team in the Home Run Derby to have four champions. So our trivia question is, name the three previous champions from the New York Yankees. Yeah, that's a tough one, so good luck. Maybe you don't, yeah, have about that. don't cheat, too. <laughs> all right so um first segment of the show we have the bro news um in this segment we'll be running through different headlines from various sports uh let's start with a quick recap of wimbledon and then we'll get into uh, the open championship yeah for sure um wimbledon i don't want to talk about it too much it happened you know a 
I say, man. Um, once again, another great year for Wimbledon. I think just Wimbledon alone um, is just one of those majors out there for tennis. And it's just it's a huge spectacle, and mm. it seems like every year, you know, the best come out to play, and um, you're always going to see the best tennis out of people there. Um, but it was it was really fun to watch. I really like that um, Federer came out on top. I thought that was cool, and it's funny because, um, you know, Federer's kind of been, he's been off and on lately, and, um, you know, I think he lost his last three Grand Slam finals, and it seemed like for a while there, um, you know, Djokovic and Dahl were the ones that were dominating, and, and Federer was getting old, and, um, you know, it seemed like he would always just make it to semifinals in the, in the, in the majors, and then he would lose. Yeah. Um, so it's funny, like, every time I saw that, I was like, dude, why are you even, yeah. <laughs> you know, still trying, like, you, Djokovic and Dahl have you, like, you're going to, semifinals the best you can get now, but mm-hmm. um, he proved me wrong, he proved others wrong, and I think he is a classic example of how consistency is key. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, with this win, it's his eighth Wimbledon win, which was, which is Incredible. You know, unheard of in most yeah. men's tennis history. Um, it's his 19th major title, which just extends his all-time record. Yeah, uh, It's also his 17th grass court title. Um, but I think what's what's cool about that is he's just, you know, kind of shown us that as you get older, um, he's done a really good job at pacing himself. Yeah, um, yeah. And now that he's kind of proved himself among the greats and has all these, um, you know, majors. Now what it's about is, and it's kind of how sports are, um, like you see with, you know, football or baseball. Like, it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. It all comes down to playoffs and winning championships. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing a smart job. Once once you kind of make it there, it doesn't matter all these, you know, meaningless tournaments throughout the year. Once you're at, you know, Federer and Djokovic's level, you don't even really need to play too many of those tournaments. You just need to make sure your body is ready. Mm-hmm. Um, for these majors, and that's what he's done. Yeah, so. yeah. He's been uh, incredibly smart. I'm a little bitter he won because me and Mom especially are huge Nadal fans. But um, yeah. he's really smart because he actually took the French Open off because he saw Nadal was in peak form. He's like, okay, he's awesome on clay. I'm probably not going to win that. So he had mm-hmm. more rest going into Wimbledon. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say... He was lucky, but Murray was injured, and uh, Djokovic is hasn't been good for uh, last couple yeah. months because he's uh, been off his game. Yeah, there's like rumors he has some personal issues going on or something. But he he took advantage of uh, what he was dealt. Like you can't criticize Federer for playing who he played against. And mm-hmm. another note is uh, Federer didn't lose a set all tournament, so. That just shows incredible dominance and just good for him for sticking with it. It seemed like two years ago, like he was pretty much done, and now he's come back and looks like he has a chance at the U.S. Open again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's so consistent. He's just, I mean, when he goes out there and plays, I mean, he's like a freaking machine. Like, he's yeah. so smooth. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you know what you're going to get from him every time. So that was definitely fun. And then, real quick, um, and then on the women's side, Venus Williams lost in the finals, but I think it was cool because she's kind of been, you know, nowhere to be found mm-hmm. lately, and it's been Serena just, you know, taking the fame yeah. from those two systems. But um, for her to come runner-up um, was really cool. I mean, 
but she even had a chance to win because she was up 5-4 in the yeah, first set. Yeah. Um, but it's the first final that she's made, um, first final that she's been in Wimbledon since 2008. And then mm-hmm. she was also, so she's runner-up this year, and then she was runner-up um, at the recent Australian Open, too. So yeah. it's cool to see her kind of coming back into form a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy if you talked about this like two years ago, saying like Federer and Venus would still be in championships, yeah. like no one would believe you. So it's pretty cool how um, that hard work's still paying off for them. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's move on to the Open Championship. Uh, right now, Jordan Spieth has a commanding three-shot lead, 11-under. Um, it's been very impressive so far. Um, I just want to state that it's been a tough year for fans who are um, fans of the golf course. Um, so like fans of the golf course are like rooting for like higher scores that like are near par or even over par, but golfers have been dominating the courses lately. Like the U S open, um, Brooks, uh, Kepka, um, yep. won uh, 16 under and right now speed is 11 under and, um, last round, Brandon Gray shot 62. is the lowest round in the major ever, and Dustin Johnson shot 64. So last time yeah. the Open Championship was hosted here at Royal uh, Brixdale, Padre Harrington won at three over. So it's just been a completely different tournament from then. So bad uh, bad year so far for golf course fans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the golfers, they just keep getting better and better yeah, yeah. with every year. So it's kind of fun to see if you like to see. Um, you know, a lot of action, um, a lot of high scoring. Uh-huh. Um, but what's, inter- what's interesting, too, about, um, you know, golf recently is that the last seven majors, everyone that's won has been a first-time winner. Hmm. Um, so if you were trying to predict who's going to win this one, um, you know, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the last seven were all first-time winners. Mm-hmm. So that's why you, you would almost think, you know, the leader right now would be someone that hasn't won before. But, you know, here we go with Spieth. Um, you know, still young, twenty three, twenty four, and he's he's you know on the cups of winning winning his third major here. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep in mind, you know, Kuchar is you know three shots back. Yeah, he's he hasn't won. Yeah, Spieth's going for his third major. Kuchar's going for his first. So mm-hmm. um, the last seven majors, the first time winners. You know, don't don't count out yeah, that Kuchar. Yeah. He, could, he could come in. Um, but and I think weather too. Um, I think it's supposed to be a little bad. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually you would think could be a, a bad thing, but it actually might be a good thing for Spieth. Yeah. Um, it's because with the, if the weather's pretty poor, it's just a harder time for the rest of the field to catch up to him. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, just a quick note on Spieth. Uh, before his first round, I can't remember uh, who gave it to him, but someone gave him like a piece of gum, and he just chewed it mm-hmm. the whole day, and he said like it helped relax him, so it would be interesting to see if that... Um, <laughs> becomes a thing going forward because it's definitely helped throughout this tournament he's winning and he's doing very well so um that'll yeah, be cool sure. to see if when he you, keeps it going you know sports or a test or whatever sometimes gum does the trick yeah yeah so moving on to nba this news kind of came out of nowhere kyrie irving demanded a trade out of uh cleveland um he's taking a lot of yeah. heat as the That's headline reads me, like your thoughts about that yeah yeah um well, I think he's taking too much heat. The the headline says like Kyrie doesn't want to play with LeBron, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. believe that. I don't know what you think, but um, so the reporter, yeah, yeah. 
but um, the reporter that wrote the story is Brian Windhorst, and he's he's followed LeBron like his whole career, like um, when LeBron was originally drafted in Cleveland, Windhorst was in Cleveland. Then when he went to Miami, he Windhorst That's also right. went to Miami, and now he's back in Cleveland because LeBron's there. So they obviously have a personal relationship, and yeah. he wants LeBron to look good. So yeah. I think the real truth is Kyrie just doesn't want to play with LeBron for one more year because LeBron's free agent next year, and it's likely that exactly. he's going to leave. Um, exactly. Because Kyrie isn't stupid. He hears all the rumors that we do, and there's been so many rumors of LeBron going to like L.A., Philadelphia, and LeBron hasn't yeah. said anything to reassure that he's staying. Um, uh-huh. I think it would be so easy for LeBron just to give Kyrie a simple call saying, hey, um... I want to stay in Cleveland. This is where I want to be. Let's keep this thing going. And I'm sure Kyrie would be all in. Like, who want want to compete for championships for years to come? So, uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like you said, Irving, he's just being smart here. Yeah, um, yeah. I think when when LeBron left Miami, wasn't it Wade didn't even find out? You know, that day or mm-hmm. or something that um, that LeBron was leaving. So, you know, Kyrie's not serious. He's just what he's doing here, he's just taking control and putting the ball in his court. Yeah, um, yeah, he's making a power play. And it's kind of with LeBron, you know, going to Miami and then coming back to to Cleveland. You know, LeBron has shown Kyrie that you know once you get to that superstar level, mm-hmm. you can kind of influence and, and, and shape the um, you know the future for for the franchise. And so Kyrie just kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's dictating the turns before they're dictated to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, like, just real quick, what you were saying about him not wanting to play with LeBron. You're right. I, I agree with you. I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last season, when Irving played and LeBron didn't, Cavs were outscored by 90 points mm. um, the season. And then the NBA Finals against Golden State with Kyrie on the court and LeBron off, they were outscored 37-13. Yeah. Um, so Kyrie knows that he plays better with LeBron. So mm-hmm. I, th- I agree too. I don't think it's that he doesn't want to play with LeBron. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's trying to, um, you know, go out there and figure things out. Yeah. At the same time, um, I think he also is interested in a bigger role, like because he's just anticipating that LeBron is leaving, so he just has to do what's best for him. And yes, something I, that I, has to be noted is that uh, Kyrie's idol is Kobe. Um, mm-hmm. When the Cavs won the championship in 2016, Kyrie FaceTimed Kobe afterwards. So, um, like Kobe, kind of like with Shaq, Kobe just wanted a bigger role. Like he wanted to be the main guy. And I don't think Kyrie is quite that kind of alpha, but he also sees like his talent is kind of being overshone by LeBron. And if LeBron's not going to be here long term, might as well move to a better situation where he can showcase his talent more. Yeah, exactly. And not just being the focal point, um, even as far as, you know, trying to figure out, trying to bring guys into Cleveland, um, you know, trying to shape Cleveland's future. Mm-hmm. Kyrie understands that, you know, no matter what, at the end of the day, it's what LeBron James wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so. All right, you want to move on to the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah, let's move on there. Um, actually, real quick, just to, um, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for basketball, Alonzo Ball also got the, yeah, the yeah. MVP. Um, not that that you know, you know, means much because it's summer league. But uh-huh. I mean, he did, he did get the MVP. Um, and I, I think just 
it's funny. I think for some reason this year, um, you know, people just watched summer ball more. more. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I think it was cool, though, just because we got to see guys that, um, you know, maybe before in college we didn't pay much attention to, but mm-hmm. to see guys like, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., Josh Jackson, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Tatum, um, just mm-hmm. play, you know, together competitively in the NBA Summer League, not just in college, I think, you know, that was kind of good for everyone to see. Yeah, part of it is the NBA is just becoming more popular, but the other part is just Lonzo Ball is super popular. Like, everyone either loves him or yeah. hates him, you know? There's just, um, you're just getting a lot of attention. Like, you would never think that someone would get this much attention over, like, what shoe he wears. Like, yeah. um, many, like, sport talk shows are talking about, like, different shoes he's wearing, like, that's never a big deal. Like no one ever talked about LeBron, whatever shoe he was wearing when he was in the summer league. It's like, it's just a, it's a crazy world right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Moving on to MLB, a lot to get to. Um, my beloved pirates, I could, I could talk forever about them, <laughs> so I'm going to save them to last. Um, but yeah, a few things that have been going on, um, you know, Aaron judge, I think, I think with Aaron Judge, I think people have been almost overreacting a little bit uh-huh. with him being in that in that mini slump since the All Star break. Yeah, um, you know he went thirty seven at bats without an extra base hit, which is the longest in his career. Uh huh. It was him for twenty nine um, since the All Star break. So all of a sudden, people are you know freaking out, saying he has the home run derby hangover yeah, and all yeah. that. But yeah. you know he goes out, hits that mammoth home run. The other Crazy, insane. <laughs> Um, you know, he's had three hits, two RBIs in his last three games. Um, and he's still, you know, in 313 with mm-hmm. 32 bombs and 73 RBIs. Yeah. So that's just cool off a little bit on that, that Aaron Judge slump, slump talk. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, lots have been happening. The, the Dodgers went on that 10-game win streak mm-hmm. when they were, you know, they were on 30 and 4. Yeah. Um, last 34 games, which is insane. Um, and then Sale the other day. Picked mm-hmm. up his 200th strikeout um, in his 20th start. Unreal. Which, yeah, I mean, it's it's unreal. And the only play, the only other pitchers to do that in you know American League history is Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, it's insane. And he reached 200 strikeouts faster than um, than any of those guys. Yeah. So um, it, I mean, he's just he's unreal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, I actually. I'm sure you knew this, but for the listeners, I actually played against Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. That's it, didn't know. Um, he was in the same conference as me. I played at UNF, so we were both Atlantic Sun. Um, I played against him for one year, the year he got drafted. Um, you know, he, he was an ace for Florida Gulf Coast. And, I mean, even back then, you could tell that, you know, he was going to make it, you know, for a while in the bigs. Um, and luckily, we both made it to the tournament. And we didn't play Gold Coast first. We played him second. So we didn't have to face him. Yeah. He obviously it's the first game. But mm-hmm. um, he just continues to, you know, amaze people, you know, with it, with his power and, and his speed. And it's, it's fun to watch. I don't know if I'm getting this right, but we were talking at the wedding a little bit about Chris Sale uh, with, like, some of your <clears> teammates. And they were saying, like, Chris Sale wasn't even recruited out of high school. Like, he went to junior college first and then um, transferred in or something like that. It was something like that I couldn't even remember, and I think this is Robo talking, and he exaggerates things. Yeah. But I think they said that uh, UNF actually recruited Sale first, mm. um, but then we kind of, uh, you know, just didn't 
didn't stick with it or didn't yeah. follow up with him. And uh-huh. He ended up chosen Gulf Coast. Either that or or sales from Fort Myers. He ended up just staying somewhere closer to home than going uh-huh. to UNF. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, there's been a lot of trades happening. Um, the biggest one lately were, were the Yankees mm-hmm. um, acquiring, you know, a much needed third baseman in Todd Frazier. Again, back David Robertson, and again the right-handed pitcher Tommy Canley. Yeah, um, yeah. Big years, I think. Uh, even though the Yankees are again this much needed sub, it's a win for both teams. Because mm-hmm. uh, now that that the White Sox are getting outfielder Blake. Rutherford in, in return. I mean, they have ten of the games top 100 prospects. Yeah, they're stacked. They're going to be good in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, when they traded Jose Quintana, they got um, you know the number eight overall prospect and the uh-huh. number 63. Yeah, and then you know they they traded talking about Chris Sale. Um, they got number one prospect Yohan Moncada, who actually just played the other day, mm-hmm. um, and then another guy, number 11 prospect in that Chris Sale trade, and then. They traded um, Adam Eaton to Washington too, mm-hmm. so they're in the rebuilding process. But they're they're doing a they're good job for the bright future. Yeah. Also with uh, the also with the Yankees, I don't think they're done either. Um, I think they still no, want a, some not. some starting rotation arms. They're making a run at like Hugh Darvish and Sonny Gray, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this trade you know showed. The fans and the franchise that they're they're making a run for it, and like you said, yeah, I don't. The trade talks are still going around with the Yankees too. Mm-hmm. So, um, lastly, can't say enough about my Pirates, man. Come on, <laughs> uh, they're they're balling right now. It's yeah. really fun to watch, uh-huh. and especially with Dad in town, we've been watching you know every game, mm-hmm. um, and it's so fun to watch. I mean, so they started off, um, you know, taking two out of three from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Then they sweep the Brewers. Yeah. Four game series, sweep the Brewers. Huge. Then they beat the Rockies first game for the sixth win in a row. Then they lost last night. Um, but they're back to 500, 49, 49, three games back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on July 4th, you know, they were seven games out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, things were not looking good with, you know, the injuries and everything. But Polanco, even though now that he's back on the DL, but mm-hmm. Polanco was. I can inform Starling mm-hmm. Marte. It seems like he hasn't missed a beat. Yeah. Um, the bullpen and their arms have been insane. Yeah. Um, in July, at a 2.61 ERA, um, their their entire their entire arm, which was just second behind the Dodgers. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know, since May 13th, they've had the best record in the now Central, going yeah. 34 and 26. Um, uh-huh. And that's what you want going into the second half of the season. You kind of want that momentum. You want that consistency. Um, and you really want to, you know, bring yourself in as it gets closer to August and shaping up for the postseason. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even though they're only um, five hundred, they're, they're only three games back. So yeah, yeah. Happen. I think the key when we look back at um, their turnaround has been Rivera taking over as closer. Um, yeah, that happened a while ago, and they were pretty good after that, but nothing. Like eye opening, but just lately they've been able to turn it up. And Rivera might be one of the best relievers in baseball right now. Like that's maybe a huge statement, but I don't think I'm over exaggerating. He's been that good, and it's just crazy yeah. to see how quick they turn around. It seems like two or three weeks ago, Dad and I were talking, and Dad was saying, "Oh, it's time to trade everyone. We're going to lose like Cole, Kutch, and all these guys." But 
now it looks like we're buyers going into the trade deadline, and maybe we can add another bullpen arm or a bat. Yeah, exactly. I think the you know the the seven games or you know the week or two after the All Star break was really going to shape their future to see what they were going to do uh-huh. at the trade deadline. They're going to be buyers sellers, but from taking two out of three to the Cardinals, um, sweeping the Brewers, and then now mm-hmm. this road trip, they still got a while, still got I think uh, ten days or so before the deadline, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have to keep winning, but yeah, you know, I'm really hoping that can be become buyers and sellers because I think you know we still have a chance at making a run. Yeah, so. for sure. All right, now for our new segment of the Bro Code recommendations. Um, in this segment, we'll be giving out random recommendations for the upcoming week about any topic of our choice. If you aren't a big sports fan, this is definitely the segment for you. So on today's show, we'll be talking about. TV shows, since it's the summertime, it's pretty much the perfect time to binge, uh, watch whatever TV shows you want to in your free time, so we'll just be discussing our top five TV shows to watch. Yeah. You want to you wanna start it off? Yeah, sure. Uh, we can just go one by one, I guess. Um, number one, you probably have this on your list, too, is Breaking Bad. Um, yep. This is the one of the only shows where the show like progressively gets better and better as it goes on. Like, most... TV shows just take a dip after the first two seasons, but Breaking Bad, like those prime seasons of three, four, and five, is just incredible TV. Probably the best I might ever watch in my life. And another cool thing is that Walter White kind of looks like her dad <laughs> in a way. Um, he really, yeah. especially when Dad had the stash back in the day. Um, they looked really similar, so that's another reason we watched the show. But it's just very good in general, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm saying with you. Um, my, I don't know. I don't know if I would rank mine one to five. Um, but yeah, Breaking Bad's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like TV shows and movies too, with sequels. You know, it's usually the first one being the best, and I guess it progressively deteriorates. But with Breaking Bad, it gets better and better. I mean, the fifth season was just as good, if not better, than the first. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's about a high school science teacher turned into a, a meth dealer. So. Uh-huh. That doesn't turn you on. I don't know what will. Yeah. But, yeah, that's number one for sure. It's also good, too, because um, it's a finished series, and, like, in the summertime, it's a great to- time to, like, binge watch. And yeah. um, Breaking Bad, exactly. some people didn't like it because, like, the first couple seasons were slow. And uh-huh. um, sometimes it's tough, like, waiting a week for the next episode when the series isn't going by too fast. But with Breaking Bad, right now it's over. You can just watch episode after episode. So I think it's just a perfect summer watch TV show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll take the next one. Secondly, right. uh, I'm, I'm going to go Sparky Kiss. Ooh, I got that too. <laughs> just like Breaking Bad. Spartacus is done, so you can binge watch this. This show is so good that I mean, you can get through it within you know a couple days. Yeah, um, it's pretty much like three hundred on steroids. Mm-hmm. But the best Spartacus is it's not just you know blood, guts, gore, and all that stuff. It actually follows a really good plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like Breaking Bad, I mean, every season is really good. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole. All four seasons are on, on Netflix right now. It's kind of sad, actually, because in Spartacus, the main character after the first season was diagnosed with uh, cancer. Yeah. So what they did was, as they were getting ready for the second season, and they, and they found out he was diagnosed with cancer, because they wanted him to stay on so bad, they 
made the second season be a prequel to the first season. Mm -hmm. So they had the second season, but it all was about the time before the first season aired. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to play the the main character, Annie Woodfield, just a a little bit longer. Um, But unfortunately, um, the cancer came on. He ended up passing away, which is really sad. So they did a tribute after the second season to him. But then it picked up right where it left off. Found a new new actor and it finished strong for season three and four. Yeah, just awesome action, high drama, and it's not just like meaningless action, like very high stakes, life or death. So definitely a great show to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who's your third? I'm gonna take Impractical Jokers. So this isn't like your typical TV show, traditional, but I could watch it on YouTube for hours. It's basically just these four. Average-looking guys, and um, they're put in different tough situations, and they have like a earpiece in, and they have to do and say whatever the other guys tell them to do, and uh-huh. it's just hilarious. If you haven't watched it, I'd definitely check them out on YouTube. Definitely a yeah, show to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna do. It's a hilarious show. It's only thirty minutes, uh-huh. um, so you can you know, watch it passing time. Um, you know, while you're you're in the kitchen making food or you know running errands and around the house, so. Yeah, that's a good show. My number three, um, similar to to yours, you know, pretty funny, kind of laid back, typical, um, and super uh, bro TV show, Entourage. Yes, <laughs> it's got to be up there. Um, you know, I haven't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. The show's been open, but um, you know, Entourage is you know just that classic chilling with the bros. You can same mm-hmm. thing like in Perfect Jokers. It's thirty minutes an episode, so you can speed through. You know. Yeah. The entire season, or you know, five six episodes, just like that. Um, but then that's up there for sure. Yeah, Ari Gold might be my like favorite character of all time. I have Entourage as well, but he's yeah. hilarious. Almost every episode, his some of his temper tantrums are great to watch, and they also have great cameos. Almost every episode, like LeBron James, Tom yeah. Brady, all these superstars. Yeah. So definitely, definitely a show to watch. Check out Entourage for sure. Yeah. So Entourage is your fourth. Um, my fourth would be Prison Break. Yeah. Um, another just, you know, high action, high drama uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. I know that they just came out with another season um, a few months back. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I thought they were done. Or not really unfortunately, but you almost feel like they're they're trying to do too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. Coming out with another season. But, um, you know, the first and second season of this show, I'm actually re-watching it right now. I'm on mm-hmm. the the latter parts of the second season um it's insane yeah yeah. it's about about a guy that is convicted for a murder for a crime he didn't commit so his brother ends up breaking in or getting um you know arrested himself in order to break out of jail Mm -hmm. Um, really cool yeah for sure um the only reason i didn't have prison break on my list is kind of like it's the opposite of breaking bad like the first two seasons are really really good but three, four, and five, like they're still decent, but definitely gets there's definitely a drop off. So that's why yeah. uh, they didn't make my list. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last TV show was Friday Night Lights. Um, as a huge sports fan, um, FNL is definitely the best sports TV show out there, in my opinion. Um, it's about Texas high school football, and just how intense it is. It's, it's crazier than you'd ever imagine so i think the show was a little before its time that's why it wasn't uh really popular right when it came out but it's gaining popularity on netflix now so it's definitely worth watching if you haven't watched it 
Yeah, for sure. I haven't even seen that one. I need to, I yeah, need to watch that one. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, uh, you'll like it. And then my last one is one called Homeland. Um, mm-hmm. There, it's on. Just finished its sixth season, so it's still going on. Um, but there's six seasons right there to binge watch. I think the first three or four are on Hulu, and then you got to stream the other two. Yeah. Um, but that's another good one. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'd highly recommend it. I have it. not. It's basically about this uh, prisoner of war that gets he's um, goes overseas and he gets captured and they can't find him. You know, for eight years, and all of a sudden he appears. So when he comes back to the states, everyone you know is greeting him like a hero. You know, and and all this stuff. And there's a big parade and everything. But you know, there's a couple CIA agents that are you know thinking, hold on, let's not just congratulate him yet. What if he's actually um, you know, working for the other side, yeah, um, yeah. and this appearance is just you know, you know, out of nowhere. So it's definitely a good one to watch for sure. So I guess you gotta watch Friday Night Lights, and I'll watch some Homeland. Yeah, that's it. That's our homework for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we'll be ending the podcast like always with more baseball stories. First topic we'll be talking about is our favorite baseball fields. You want to start? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, sorry, bro. I, I have a feeling I've played at a better field yeah for years, sure so. <laughs> but i guess i played three years in any ball so that's uh-huh that's uh it's expected um but i think to this day and you know i, I played on this field sophomore year and i played at, at you know a ton of different fields after that but it's always been my favorite i don't think it's ever going to change um fsu florida mm. state um, tallahassee their their field is is unreal yeah um, for me being an infielder it's the best infield I've ever played on. Um, the atmosphere is electric. The, I mean, they have a huge stadium, and because it's it's FSU baseball, you know, people are going to be there all the time, not just, you know, a big weekend series or a rival team. Uh, people come to the games all the time. And, yeah, to this day, FSU has been the best infield I've ever played on. Um, mm-hmm. And I've played on, you know, I've been played on Florida's field. Um, in a, I was in a summer league championship. We actually played on the Tampa Bay Rays field, Damn. which was sick. Yeah. Um, but FSU still has that beat. Um, and then in the Frontier League, it was cool. There's, it's, a, it's a huge league, 13, 14 teams, and half the teams have all turf fields, um, mm-hmm. which is which is, is kind of is really cool. Um, but still, F, FSU takes the cake for me. I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't know if you remember, but I actually played a camp there at FSU. No way. Yeah, dude. You don't remember? <laughs> That's crazy. So, so, yeah, it's probably the... That turf is unreal. And that was back then when I wasn't only catching two. I was, like, playing a little third, a little second. So I played on that infield as well. So... Yeah. yeah. Um, that's yeah, definitely, that's definitely the nicest field I I've ever been on. I played at um, the, the Miami Marlins double-way team. Mm-hmm. It used to be the... The Jacksonville Suns now they're the stupid Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played on that field, and you know I still some something about Florida State's infield. Um, I just love playing there. Yeah, you you'd be really sad with some of the fields we play on at D three. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I mean, it's still awesome to be playing baseball, um, obviously, but some of these fields are so sad. Those D three fields, and for you listeners, I mean, the fields we played in in Hong Kong. Oh yeah, yeah. we can't even. We're just can't, Words won't even be able to do how bad these fields <laughs> yeah. are. I yeah. mean, in, in Hong Kong, there's only one or two legit baseball fields. Mm-hmm. So up, we would play in, you know, basically sand pits with rocks everywhere, and I mean, you can't even describe it. But 
Yeah, that's why I don't really complain when I go to some of these fields because, uh, like, some yeah. of my teammates are like, oh, like, my high school field is way better than some of these fields. But, like, in Hong Kong, like, we only have, like, one real good field. Like, Line Rock um, is terrible. <laughs> um, Toshek is terrible. Like, just some of the hops yeah. you get. Like, I've had hops where I've got hit in the face. Maybe that's just because I'm not that good. But, like, <laughs> um, it, it's it's crazy. Some of them just, I can't even imagine playing on again if yeah. I had to. All right, moving on to our last topic, um, pregame routines or superstitions. Do you have any weird ones? Lastly, um, let's see. I think, yeah, growing up, I didn't really have, like, in, in college and stuff, I didn't really have too many. Um, mm-hmm. I always wore... Um, you know, those live strong bracelets back in the day. Yeah. Um, and Dusty was a really old school coach, so he didn't let us have any jewelry or anything. So he uh-huh. made me take them off. Yeah. I, I felt <laughs> like I wanted something on my wrist. As weird as that sounds, just cause I, I never took off my live strong bracelet. So I actually went up and I went out and got those, you know, almost skin colored or tan colored rubber bands. Uh-huh. Um, and because they're just kind of small and, they, and they're such a close color to my skin. You know, I wore those, and he didn't even notice. And yeah. you know, ever since, even now, I'm wearing them right now on my wrist. <laughs> um, so you could say that was that's a weird one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, two other ones. I always like to have two pieces of extra peppermint gum mm-hmm. um, in my mouth while playing. <laughs> Maybe it's kind of like Jordan <laughs> Spieth calming it down, but yeah. Um, you know, that's always been my thing. And then lastly, it's funny. Uh, I was never that big of like a style guy or anything. Mm-hmm. But one game early in the season, my last year in Sonoma, I just had I was diving for a ball and I had a really bad um, scrape on my left elbow mm-hmm. and like a forearm, if you can picture that. And it, it was good, but then just because I love you know laying out for balls and and sliding in head first, you know it would still reopen, so reopen, close, reopen, close, and you mm-hmm. know there's nothing I could really do, yeah. um, except not sliding. But I wasn't going to stop. Yeah. And then Matt Hibbert. I've talked about before in this podcast who was my favorite teammate uh-huh. he's like dude just put an arm sleeve on just to cover like the bandage up and everything yeah yeah so I ultimately I had to just to stop it from reopening and since then I mean I balled out that day and I, <laughs> I just love the feeling of having it on my on my left arm so now I just wear every time I play I just wear a long um arm sleeve on my left arm uh-huh yeah for me uh gum as well but I've I chew a lot of gum, like it's up to like four pieces. Uh, I don't really have like a brand that's my go-to, but it's always like four pieces. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but um, lot, yeah, it is. But recently, I've also been getting into coffee grinds. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. they have they have some great flavor. They're made for people that um, chew tobacco and like want to get off it. And yeah, um, so made for people that are pussies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so me, basically. So I've tried it, and it's really good. It gives you a little bit of a jolt, and um, uh-huh. it's just whatever, for whatever reason, it's always been, I've always been more relaxed playing baseball when I had something in my mouth, like gum or um, now grinds. I usually switch it up now. Like, I don't want to be so superstitious that if I don't have any gum that, like, I'm freaking yeah. out that, oh, I can't play ba- baseball anymore because I don't have any gum. Yeah. So... Um, I like having multiple things to be able to chew on a little bit. And then for sleeves as well, I think it was last summer or something I was throwing and my arm was bothering me a little bit. So I just 
kind of an attempt to help it. I put a sleeve on and I've wore it ever since. It just kind of makes you feel like a badass, first of all. Yeah, that's and, the thing to do. Yeah, and it does make your arm feel better. Maybe it's just in my head now that it does, but mm-hmm. it definitely doesn't feel right when I don't have a sleeve on, so I yeah. like having that on for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's all we got for today. Thanks for tuning into the Bro Code episode four. Please give us a subscription, give us a review, likes, wherever you get your podcasts, and continue to tune in next week. Yeah, hit us up. Uh, you know, like our content, and you know, see you next week. Sounds good. Peace.